Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The fix is in. The sports fix. Sports Fix listeners don't wait all day or all week to get in on the fun. The party doesn't stop when we go off the air all week long. The Sports Fix social media sites are your one-stop shop for all things Cleveland sports. Jump over to Facebook.com slash The Sports Fix. Facebook.com slash The Sports Fix and become a fan today because we love fans and they create some of the best sports talk in town, Daddy. You'll enjoy talking to your fellow Cleveland sports fans on the Sports Fix fan page. And if Twitter's your thing, well, you know how we do it. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix CLE. It's that simple. Twitter.com slash the Sports Fix CLE, baby. Chat live with the crew during all your favorite Cleveland sports events, tickets and contests and trivia and so much more. Get with us today, the Sports Fix on social media. Facebook.com slash the Sports Fix. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix CLE. Join, Join the, the Sports, sports Fix, fix on, on Facebook and Twitter today. Business owners and professionals, do you want to take your business, your product, your team, your event to the next level? You want to advertise right here with the Sports Fix. Our listeners are among the most loyal listeners on the dial, terrestrial or internet. And our audience is one of the greatest and most receptive audiences in all of radio. The Sports Fix universe is not only listeners of the radio show, but tens of thousands of fans on Facebook and Twitter. Our social media universe expands by the day, all in the prime demographics to help drive your business directly into the winner's circle. Don't take my word for it. The Sports Fix comes with reference upon reference that have done business with us in the past and had some fun along the way. For more information on how we can help you knock your business, event, team, product, or promotion out of the park, email me, Jerry Myers, the Sports Fix at AOL.com. That's the Sports Fix at AOL.com. And let me help you swing for the fences and hit it out of the park. Advertise your product right here on the Sports Fix. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Harry Buffalo. Harry Buffalo North Olmsted presents Bike Nights every Monday all summer long. $3 beers and drinks for bikers, $5 pizza and more. Harry Buffalo, join the herd. Hey Cleveland, this is Anderson Varejean of the Cleveland Cavaliers. You are listening to the Sports Fix. Live in Ohio, it's time to get your fix. The Sports Fix. It is indeed 
It is indeed that time, as the man just said. It is time to get your fix as we kick things off today. Welcome into the Sports Fix, my friends. A jam-packed, jam-packed edition of the show. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about from last night. What a, man, the ending, the ending sucked. But what a great night of baseball that was last night. I can't wait to talk some Indians baseball with you because I'm telling you, I'll get into my whole thought process on the Indians in a minute, but you can't give up hope yet. There's work to be done, but that's what you do, and there's plenty of time to do it. We'll talk Indians baseball here. The sports writer extraordinaire, Jonathan Knight's going to join us at 12.15. We'll talk Indians baseball with him as well. This is his fault. He's going to blame me. I'm going to blame him. Because last week at this time, we had finally, finally converted Jonathan Knight. We had finally turned him into a believer, and now he's going to say, look, look what happened. But that's okay. Jonathan Knight's going to join us. We're going to talk Indians. We're going to talk Brownies. Brownies in action tonight. It doesn't count. It's only halfway real football, but it is some people in pads, and we'll be talking about that today. The Browns and the Rams, it is exciting. Tonight, there's going to be that buzz. I love those days. I was talking to you guys about that before, the, the days when you got the Browns and the Indians and, and then when the Cavs are kicking downtown all at the same time, on the same day, in the same week, when you get that whole synergy going, traffic coming downtown, and now we've got the casino to tie it in. Hopefully, this all leads to a boom, not just for our sports teams, but for our city in general. We're going to talk about all of that, plus fantasy football expert B.J. Riddell joins us, the author of Fantasy Football for Winners. He does his weekly segment with excuse me, with us this week at 1240. And we're going to talk to BJ, especially because the preseason games, you know, we all talk about how they don't count. We all talk about how, <laughs> we all talk about how Vashon getting on me about talking about the Indians. We're not going to be talking all Browns. You've got to be kidding me. It's a preseason game, man. It's a, I mean, seriously, you know, I hope, I hope Vashon is not being serious in the chat room, by the way. Anyways, all of that. And BJ is going to tell you why even the most meaningless parts of these preseason games are very not meaningless for you when it comes to your draft. So all of that, so much more, going to open up the phone lines and everything. Let's get started and do what we do. This is the Sports Fix, and I welcome you in, my friends, around the world, wherever you're listening to us, whether it's live here, right here on the sportsfix.net, whether it is throughout the day, throughout the various podcast formats, the Stitcher, iTunes, the various ways that you listen to us, we appreciate you live, we appreciate you throughout the day, and the nation is strong, and I love, woke up this morning, tons of comments, what a ton of feedback from yesterday's show, still pretty stoked, we had little Ryan and Cenas, the, the boy who captured the hearts of the world here over the weekend with the Browns, him and his dad joined us, and so much uh, feedback, that thing is going uh, that thing's going semi-viral out there. That that file has been shared all over the place. Pretty amazing. Great story. Glad that we can have that here on the show. Before we open up the phone lines, let's do what we do. It takes a bunch of people to make this thing happen. It takes the Harry Buffalo at North Olmstead. Not only do they have Harry Buffalo bike night each and every Monday, 4.30 p.m. It starts and it goes until they kick you out the doors, daddy. $25 cash prizes for every 25th bike in the lot. They've got $3 beers and drinks, $5 pizzas, specials throughout the night for bikers. 
quicklane.com slash Valley Ford truck. <laughs> Vashan chiming in in the chat room. By the way, you guys, if you can't get to the phone lines, that Mixler chat room is amazing. Vashan and uh, all the guys in there are starting to pick up action throughout the week. That's a great place, although you guys sometimes hit them at me so fast I can't keep up with them. We are also, not only is Harry Buffalo, the host of Bike Nights. Harry Buffalo is also the host of us live. Each and every Browns game, we'll be doing pregame and postgame shows, halftime analysis live. Harry Buffalo North Olmstead for every single Browns game this season. Very excited for that. Also, Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck. My man, Bill Hershey and Bill Opelik. Check out the crew at Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck. Whether it's truck or car, big or small repair, tires, battery replacement, whatever it is, quicklane.com slash Truck. Check them out and they'll work with you and they'll work with your timing, with your schedule. They'll make it happen for you and they'll take care of you. Quicklane.com slash Truck. Signs and Ship. Don't forget my guys at Signs and Ship. Not only the official business printing source of the sports fix, but they can be yours as well. They can help you really kick your business into overtime. Signs, banners, business cards, whatever it is, signs and ship. And not only would I behoove you to check them out regular anytime, but this month especially, because we've got the business benefactor program going. Anybody who spends $200 or more in a single purchase with signsandship.com, you will get a fully produced professional studio quality commercial for your business done by the Sports Fix and we'll air it right here on our airwaves for a month free once a day just for you. So you can get a chance to see what they do. You can see what we do. It's worth it. Trust me. And you get some free exposure for your small business. Signsandship.com. Check them out. Signs and Ship in Illyria as well. They've also got locations in Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Florida. You can find out all of that. Signsandship.com. And you'll hear more. I'll talk to you more about them a little bit later on in the show. Last but not least, GV Artwork. GV Art and Design, you guys know we talk about them all the time. It's to the point where we don't have to talk about them. Everybody in Cleveland knows about GV Artwork. I'm wearing the Eric Metcalf t-shirt right now. Pretty much, you catch me around town, I'm usually wearing a GV Artwork t-shirt. Cleveland that I love, you love, they love. Well, this Saturday... They're opening. They've been online. Now they've got the store. The grand opening of the store out in Lakewood. They're going to be unrolling new t-shirts and everything. You can get all the information at gvartwork.com. And don't forget as well, save 10% with any purchase at GV Artwork just by using the sales code FIX and letting them know that you heard about it right here on the Sports Fix. I'll tell you what. Don't forget to share the show. You can get a free t-shirt. I know they probably don't like me putting that so close to telling you to go buy a t-shirt, but I'm going to do it because that's how we roll, Daddy. Get a free t-shirt of your choice each and every week. We drop your name in the hat. If you share the show, if you tell somebody to listen right now to what you're listening to, tag us in the post, tag us in the message, let us know you did it. Your name's in the hopper, and come Monday, we draw one name out live when we kick off the show at noon, and you win the t-shirt of your choice from GV Art and Design. So check this out. Jonathan Knight, 1215, BJ Riddell, 1240. Phone lines are open right now, 216-539-7535, Daddy, 216-539-7535. I want to hear from somebody about the Indians last night because I've gotten a ton of feedback overnight and, and so much, so many people just feel that the last three days were just an absolute backbreaker 
for the Cleveland Indians here in the season. And while I will tell you that that it is definitely it's crushing, it 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 does hurt. I mean, this is kind of a a measuring stick, you know. That's more the way I look at it. This isn't the end of the season just yet, but it was definitely a measuring stick put out there. And you know, as Mike Brandenberry, you know, stated yesterday, very bluntly. Plain and simple, the Detroit Tigers are simply a better team from top to bottom than the Cleveland Indians at this time. Now, that in no way means that you pack up the ship and the season's over because, first off, the Indians have shown that they can beat everybody not named the Detroit Tigers, and there's a, they definitely can play and, and compete with the teams that they're competing with as far as the wild card. Now, I know some people will say, oh, who cares about the wild card? Oh, you're just going to lose in the playoffs. Anyway, I say... Whoever says that is a fool because this isn't this isn't the NBA. This is Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This isn't where you get stuck in the never-never land of the first round exits of the playoffs. This is a team that's lost, you know, damn near 100 plus games. This is a team that's gotten smacked around for the last few years and been, you know, driven its fan base, you know, turned its fan base away between all the things we've talked about, all the different things that we've talked about when it comes to... To the attendance and the fans and the ownership and the payroll and all of that stuff, you know, an, an opportunity here, you know, presents itself to to turn that around. And and I'm gonna open up the phone lines. I see I just missed a call right there. 216-539-7535. Chime in with me as well as where you're at on this as we get into the Indians. Facebook.com slash the sports fix. Leave your comment there if you can't get to the phone or hit us up on Twitter. Tweet with us at the sports fix CLE at the sports fix CLE. I see Joe Monaco chiming in now because as I wanted to mention here, kicking things off before I get too much into the Indians and too much into this, but Mark Reynolds designated for assignment you know this was something that we've you know heard rumblings that they've been talking about that the the Indians have been trying to figure out what to do when it comes to Mark Reynolds because we've we've talked and and what's amazing about this first is that I just said we've designated Mark Reynolds for assignment Mark Reynolds still leads the Cleveland Indians in home runs so it's, it's kind of crazy when you think about it from that but he hit the gates galloping Mark Reynolds come out on fire. He hit 300 in April, had eight home runs, but since May 1st, Reynolds has hit just 187, seven home runs in nearly 300 plate appearances, and it just, every time you think that it even appears that Mark Reynolds has been kicking himself back into gear, you know, it was it, it's a false start. It's a false start. Now, I'll be honest, this broke literally within the last 15 minutes of us going up here on the air. So I'm trying to scramble live here behind the scenes, and that may be why I apologize if I come across a little bit distracted because I'm, I'm actually sitting here firing things off trying to get more because I'm interested to see as this thing unfolds here where that's going to go, where that's going to develop as far as will it just be an outright release because I don't know if if this could, if there could be, you know, clear and waiver wires. I heard Young 
cleared waivers for, for the Phillies as well. So, you know, there's a lot of possibilities out there. Maybe, just maybe, the Indians are scouring, you know, the wires themselves looking for a possibility to make a move. Because as we've seen, as we've seen with this baseball that they've been playing, the Indians are right there. The Indians are right. And, and I'll tell you what. Say that too, and you can look at me and say, "J Rock, you're being too, you're being too much of a homer by saying, well, they're not getting beat up that like they did earlier in the season." Because if you remember, the Tigers kind of batted the Indians around a bit, but you know these games here, they've been right there. As Bruce pointed out on our Facebook page, it's been one inning each and every time, one inning that is that has undone the Indians here. They last night. Even though the end result was not what you wanted, last night was a hell of a game. It was playoff caliber baseball, and it was Danny Salazar, daddy. I cannot wait to get Jonathan Knight on the show to talk to him about that because if you take anything out of last night's game, if you take anything for the remainder of this season, and you know what? I'll stake this out there. I'll gladly, and I know you guys will do it, I'll gladly put this out there now, and you can come back at me and tell me I'm wrong. That kid's the real deal was he doing some stuff last night to the Detroit Tigers or what? And, you know, you can say Tito shouldn't have gave Miggy Cabrera one more chance at that. And I'm going to talk to Jonathan Knight about that because he's getting ready to call in now. Matter of fact, we should probably go to the break so we can get back and talk to Jonathan Knight about this. But what a debut it was. I mean, sizzling. And I'm telling you, this wasn't just the, to me, and like I said, you'll, you can gladly tell me I was wrong later. But this, to me, wasn't just the young guy that the league has to figure out and they don't have tape on. This cat's the real deal. When we come back from the break, we're talking Indians baseball. Danny Salazar, I'm going to talk to Jonathan Knight, the sports writer extraordinaire. So don't go anywhere. Indians fans, buckle in and, hey, tell somebody to tune in. When we come back, Jonathan Knight joins us talking tribe here on the Sports Fix. He took the midnight train going anywhere Just a city boy Born and raised in South Detroit The Sports Fix, the show that asks the question What you talking about, Will? What you talking about, Will? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about, Will? We'll be right back. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck, home of the low price tire guarantee. Quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. Bike nights are back at Harry Buffalo North Olmstead. Rev up your hogs and head on down to Harry Buffalo North Olmstead every Monday night from 5.30 to 9.30. Enjoy $3 drinks and beers, $5 pizzas, and crazy wing specials for all bikers. Hot bikes, good good friends, and great great times are waiting for you. 4824 Great Northern Boulevard in North Olmstead. Right outside Great Northern Mall. Monday bike nights at Harry Buffalo. Proud sponsor of the Sports Fix. Harry Buffalo. Join the herd. Incoming transmission. You got a message. Sports Fix listeners, don't wait all week to join in on the fun. Follow the Sports Fix on Facebook. Follow the Sports Fix on Facebook. They love friends. It's just a click away. 
Exclusive contests, trivia, tickets, and giveaways from the hottest sports show in town, The Sports Fix. Become a friend and follow The Sports Fix on Facebook today. You love Cleveland, and you already know how much we love Cleveland. You know who else loves Cleveland? GV Art and Design. Everyday fans, you and I wear our pride on our sleeves. Now, you can wear your pride on your chest. GV Art and Design has one of the hottest Cleveland sporting lines. Whether it's their Cleveland that I love design, or perhaps it's the Superman birthplace of a hero line of team-themed designs. Whether you're a fan of the Indians or Browns, the Lake Erie Monsters or the CSU Vikings, the Cleveland Cavaliers, or just Cleveland in general, GV Art design has a logo design or style for you sports fix listeners as a special treat every time you make a purchase from gv art and design use the sales code fix and save 10 percent on your total purchase log on right now to gvartwork.com check out all of their fantastic designs and don't forget use the sales code fix to save 10 percent on your total purchase follow gvartwork.com on facebook and remember gv art and design it's not just a shirt it's, it's a, a statement, statement. You're listening to The Sports Fix. Who keeps you cheering year after year? Who's got the ballpark? The best is all right here. That's right. I'm going to force it on you. I'm not going to let you give up. I'm not going to give up, and I'm not going to let Jonathan Knight tell me that this is my fault. When we bring him up here on the line. Welcome back to the Sports Fix. We are talking baseball. We're talking tribe, baby. It's an old school jam. That's why I put that on for Jonathan Knight. Figured he'd appreciate that. Welcome to the Sports Fix. J-Rock with you. In just a second, I'm pulling up my main man, the sports writer extraordinaire, Jonathan Knight. We're going to talk about the Indians. And I guess the first place I want to go is I pull him up. J.K., welcome into the show, my man. And I know you're probably thinking just... <laughs> Last week, we finally got you to crack. We finally got yeah. you to come over to the dark and side. Look what happened! <laughs> I'll take but responsibility for this. This is this is on me. I, I I have to apologize to the Indians. I have to apologize to all the Indian fans out there. In a moment of weakness, I gave in, <laughs> admitted belief, admitted embraced optimism, which is really something we should not be doing. In this town, with Jonathan this team Knight. in particular. Jonathan so Knight, let me stop you. Let me stop you, man. Let me stop you. And I'm going to give you two reasons, and I'll let you give me your thoughts on what I'm about to say. Two reasons why I think it is not... It, it's not the end of the world, but it, this is not such as bad a thing as it looks like. Yes, uh, trust me, I'm not happy about losing ground I, to the Tigers. I'm sorry. I'm, not, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to interrupt by laughing. I'm sorry. Continue, please. <laughs> I'm not happy about losing ground to the Tigers, but the Tigers are one of the best teams in baseball. And these last three days, the Indians, they've been undone. They've been undone by an inning, by a mistake. But the yeah. Indians have been right there playing playoff caliber baseball with oh. a very, very, very good team. Not only that, the other thing I've got optimism for is Danny Salazar and what he did last okay. night. Now, I'll yeah. throw the ball to you. Okay. Well, I, I think yeah. – <laughs> let's, let's talk about Danny Salazar. Let's do this because this is, this is what they call spin in the business. This is spin. Oh, okay. but, but valid, okay? This is, this is a good point. Let's, let's, let's start positive. Okay. Yes, Danny Salazar, absolutely. Very, very impressed with him, not only last night, but what he did in his debut. 
And what you said going in the break, you're right. I get the feeling, too, that this is not somebody who is succeeding because we don't have tape on him or other teams don't have tape on him. And, and you see that a lot. You see that uh, quite a bit. I mean, sir, just from the Indians' point of view, whenever the Indians go up against a pitcher we've never heard of, at, at first glance, yeah. you're like, oh, great, we're, we're facing this rookie who's never played or who has one start, one career start. We're going to light him up. And then that is not the case. At least one time through the lineup, usually – through about four or five innings, the Indians' offense, and not just the Indians, not to pick on them, but this happens a lot, that a guy will, will really have, be, have, have teams sort of off, off their game and they don't really know how to approach a guy. And then over time, that catches up. Once you do get a book on him and, and kind of figure him out by the second start, third start, if he's still around at that point, you you get to kind of probe his weaknesses and show, yeah. okay, yeah, this guy's not as good as he looked in that debut. But <laughs> having said all that, you're right. I get the feeling, too, that Salazar, this is more than that. That's part of it, I'm sure, but there's more to it than that. I think he has more talent than that. You don't strike out 10 guys on the best offense in baseball because you're made them look because they, don't have, they can't figure you out. You know, there's something else there. So that being said, he's going to, there's going to be a dip. There's going to be peaks uh, and valleys for, for a young kid like this. He's with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Just coming in on the stuff that this was his, what, second start in the majors. So there's going to be ups and downs. He's going to get beat up a little bit. But, yeah, I think there's more promise here than we've seen from a first-year pitcher in a long time. I mean, a few weeks ago, we were, when he first came up, when he made his first start, we were saying, hey, he can be our Jarrett Wright. He can be the guy to come in and inject some enthusiasm, inject some new blood into the into the pitching staff and kind of get us through the, the dog days of the summer. I think he's already better than Jarrett Wright was in 97. And he can do the same thing for this team. I mean, look look at the, the, the fortuitiveness, if you will, as just as they were dealing with bringing him up and trying to go, okay, we've got one too many guys, but you get right. him back up here and it, it – mutes a little bit of the the heartache of losing Kluber perhaps for the remainder of the yeah. season so maybe this can you know fill that gap and at least keep this team and keep the drum beaten for the rest of the season yeah that that losing Kluber really hurts I mean he, he was such a surprise such a pleasant surprise this year and and there's another guy who looks to have a, a real nice upside one of the guys who really turned out to be much better than we thought he would in, in just in the course of this season. So, yeah, uh, you know, that, that hurts that, uh, that we lose Kluber, but you're right. Having Salazar there, maybe that can push him out blow a little bit, and that makes that a little less painful. Um, it's, it's still strange to me that we have two starting pitchers go down with this bizarre finger injury. I've never heard 
up till this year, I don't I don't remember any Indian pitchers going down because of an injured finger. That's it's very very strange. But so we've lost two of them now in one season to that. But yeah, maybe in the long run this is good because this is you look. We always talk about it before. We talked about the future um, of the uh, of the uh, the next few years anyway. The Indians and there's there's a lot of young pitchers and and coming up uh, on the brink of coming up or up already that uh, that really look like they're going to be the heart of this team. And, and certainly Salazar is a big piece of that puzzle. I think Kluber is a big part of that as well. So maybe getting Salazar up and getting his feet wet uh, to, to finish out this year maybe sets the table for next year because I'm already excited about what the rotation is going to look like going into next year. And if Salazar gets his get some experience under his belt and he's ready to join the rotation as a as a as a starter next year, hey, wow, this this we may accelerate the process a little bit. That's what I mean. You can never, ever have too much pitching. And looking forward, you know, I was uh, talking to Fred McLeod last night, and I said, "This is a, uh, this is like the Cavs. This is that good time where you go there. Wait till next year in the good way. Like you just wait until you see what these guys are like next year, because you really can see on the horizon that. But we're still here, and we're still." In the middle of this year, last night, let me look at that first before we go forward or look at anything else. Yeah. Last night's game, it was a hell of a baseball game. You know what I mean? But let's, yeah. I'll, I'll call a spade a spade. I didn't have a problem with Monday night. I didn't, I, of course, I didn't have a problem with going to Perez. I didn't have a problem that some of the people had with uh, Terry Francona's moves in the first two games of this series. Last night, let, taking the risk of letting Salazar face Cabrera one more time, God, that shows so much confidence in your pitcher, and that's why you're a player's manager. But at the same time, I can see why people would say that was tempting fate one too many times. Yeah, that that is the classic no-win situation there. And it, the only way you win that situation is by whatever you do working out. I mean, there's no way you can look if, – if what you do or what you don't do doesn't work out, you're going you're gonna to criticize and say you should have done the other thing. That is a no-win situation simply because, as you just said, it seemed a little risky to have this kid making his second start going against, again, the best lineup in baseball and one of, if not the best hitter in baseball – in a clutch situation, clinging to a lead with just a couple of outs to go to finish out the game, yeah, you know, and 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 we got burned. That didn't work out. On the other hand, the bullpen certainly did not has not looked terribly strong. You know, you 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 look at Monday night, and I and I have to disagree with you there. I I I was very disappointed Monday night. I was at first, obviously, everyone's enraged at Chris Perez for, for blowing it in classic. I mean, even for Chris Perez, that was pretty, that was pretty spectacular way to blow it. I mean, we've seen him blow it, it a lot of different ways. Was that was pretty spectacular <laughs> to just blow it in about three minutes. That was great. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think here, and here's what bothers me. Let me get your take on this and, and the listeners too. This is something that bothers me so much about relief pitchers. I think by nature they are programmed to be wimps. I'm not saying they are wimps. I'm <laughs> saying they're programmed to be wimps. In that, Chris Perez, that was the, the big question was, whoa, he's pitched two days in a row. Can he pitch a third day? And that's the big debate. Oh, well, what's this, you know, what is the ERA like when he pitches a third day? What is what, his effectiveness goes down, his velocity goes down, all these factors that go into it. And you argue about that. You can argue about that all day long. But at some point you've got to stop and say, wait a minute. We're arguing whether this guy can come out. Yes, he's pitched the last two days. He pitched a total of, what, 30 pitches? 
in two days and we're bringing him out for a third day when this is what he has done, this is his career? You're telling me he couldn't come out, it's out of the question or it's questionable to bring him out a third straight day to throw what would, if he would have done his job, would have been something a total of 45 to 50 pitches in three days? Why is this not, why are relief pitchers not capable of that? I don't, I've never understood that. I still don't understand it. And I don't know, even know if it's a physical thing. I, I honestly don't. I think it's more of a mental thing that if a relief pitcher has pitched two days in a row, mentally he's like, this is day three. If they ask me to go out there, I'm going to struggle. And you know, <laughs> that's what Chris Perez was thinking when he went out there. He would never admit it, though then he bailed after the game, so we don't know what he was thinking, which is a whole other story. But you know, he was thinking it, you know, everybody on that field was thinking about it, and you know that everybody in the ballpark and watching at home that knew that this was the case, that's what they were thinking about. It's a mental thing. So that's a, that's a separate discussion, and, and I'm interested to see what your take on that is. But the bottom line is that's the reality. The reality is that relief pitchers generally are not used three A's in a row. Mentally, they're programmed not to be effective if they do pitch three A's in a row. And because of that, because that's just the nature of the beast and that's how it is, Terry Francona should not have brought him out a third day. And one last thing, and, and, the, and another reason, right, the underlying reason why I, rem, why I point to this, and why he shouldn't have done it. If you remember, about 15 years ago, back in April, when the Indians were playing <laughs> the Tigers, and they won two out of three in Detroit, the first series of this season. It seems like years ago, but it was only April. They won two out of three, the first series. On that Sunday, the last game of that series, the Indians ended up scoring a run late, stealing a win, and it was the exact same situation. They had a run going, or a one-run lead going into the ninth. Chris Perez had pitched the previous two days. Terry Francona did not send him out. He did by committee in the ninth inning with, I think, Allen, and I, I can't remember who the other one was, but he did two of the younger pitchers, closed it out. One got one out and one got two outs. Didn't go to one guy for the ninth, did it by committee. It worked out brilliantly, and that's when I thought, wow, this guy's got it. This is not something the previous two managers would have done. He understands it. I don't agree with the three-day philosophy, but he knows it. He embraced it, understood it, and said, we're going to ignore that. We're going to chuck it. We're going to do this the right way. He was in the exact same situation Monday night and didn't do the same thing. Yeah, I hear you there. My, I, was, I don't really know. Monday night, my thoughts were, I truly believe that he wanted his starter to finish that game out. I mean, the fact that that Kluber was injured right, you know, what was it, three or four pitches before he came out that he – Right. Noticed he couldn't go anymore. So uh, you wonder if part of that changed Tito's thought process and perhaps, you know, in the in the clutch, in a, in a hey, this just happened, we've got to make a move right now thing, he just decided to trust, you know, his closer more. I, I do know what you're saying too, but I do wonder how much that changed the thought process because up until that point, I mean, because everybody else, I, I thought it was funny. The next day, people were like, oh, Tito should have wrote him. He shouldn't have went, he shouldn't have went to the pen, but they didn't realize that, that was an injury call was that hurt. wasn't, right. you know, so and, maybe and that Joe played Smith into it. got him out of the eighth. That's, I think, yeah. what we're forgetting. Joe Smith looked great. There was a little bit of trouble there in the eighth. There were two on and one out, and Joe Smith came in and put out the fire and looked great. So this is, last I mean, too. <laughs> this is 97 World Series Game 7 again. The guy who closed <laughs> out eighth inning, we, we abandoned, we throw him overboard to bring out our, our drum roll closer because that's his role, even though he's pitched the last few days and he's worn out, in his mind he's worn out, that's the way it's going to be. So that and, and, and not to dwell on the past, it was two games ago and, and plenty of other things have happened since then, but I, <laughs> that set the tone 
for this series. I think when they blew it, when Chris Perez blew that lead, when they lost that game, you knew this series was going down the drain. It was like, that was it. That was their emotion. Everything about that game was in a playoff field. They finally had a big crowd. Everybody was excited about it. They had their lead. They had that game won, gave it away. And so the last two days, I've been completely numb to the last two days because I'm, I was completely unsurprised. I knew that this was going to happen after what happened Monday. You don't lose a game like that with all the stakes that the Indians themselves had put on this series. You don't blow a game like that in the way that they blew it and then expect, oh, we'll just bounce back the next day. I just uh, That doesn't happen. All right. Now, but you know what? Then uh, they did have the letdown in game two, in my opinion. But last night, it appeared, whether it was having the young kid going out there and dealing, whether whatever it was, they did seem, you know, ready for the fight last night. I mean, last night was a hell of a game. You hated to see him lose it. I can't lie. As the game got later, I, I really saw that coming at the end of the game, simply because you had gotten to the end of your bullpen. You know, my son... Yeah. He's only 14. He looks at me and goes, Dad, what if they run out of pitchers? I said, it wouldn't be the first time that's happened. He goes, well, what do they yeah. do? I said, they trot in an outfielder, bro. That's what you do, yeah. man. Like, Mark Whitten. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Jose Canseco yeah. pitched an inning before, you know. But uh, And that was, you they should have won. If they were going to win that game, they needed to win it early, you know, knowing that. And just knowing yeah. that Detroit, uh, how powerful an offense they were. You were they not, had to walk I'm off. surprised it lasted till 14. I mean, the bullpen really really did a nice job. But that showed something to me, J.K. J.K., that showed something to me, though. Coming off the heartbreaker in Game 1, coming off your your ace getting beaten Game 2, for them to hang on, not just come back the way they did to tie the game, but hang on through the 14th, like you said. And I know maybe it sounds like the big bully with his hand out holding the little guy off, you know, and, and the scrappy little Indians kept fighting. But the fact that they still kept fighting tells me that there's still something in this team. And I know you you obviously don't look at it as optimistically as me, but there are still, this is what, 112 games? There's still 48, 47 games left to go. That is still enough of a chunk of this season that I'm not ready to pack it in just yet, man. Well, there is, I, I'll give you that. This team has more scrap than we've seen, and I will give them credit for that. Even in defeat, they they show that, and that is, you know, that is noble. I, I am impressed by that because that is something we have not seen in a while. The problem is that only goes so far, and when you run into a brick wall like they have here, I mean, it, let's face it. For as close as these last few games have, have been, and we can, you know, uh, we can split hairs over the other. 12 or 13 losses they have to the Tigers this year as to how many the Indians could have won or should have won or whatever. The, the right. Tigers are just a dramatically better team than the Indians. I, you don't win this many times against one team unless you are superior, clearly superior to that team. And, and that's what we're seeing. The Indians quick, are just not the Indians, there yet. I know the Tigers are good. The Tigers are, like we said, certainly the best team, I think, in the American League right now, maybe the best team in baseball. This is a very good team. There's nothing to be ashamed of that you're not on the same level as them. The problem is I think the Indians are trying to convince themselves that they are. They're not. They're not there yet. But, J.K., I mean, I hear you, and this was just a fluke statistic, but the Indians stunk last year, and they owned the Detroit Tigers. So how do you make sense of something like that? They you know did, what I mean? Well, it's true. They did. The last two years, actually. They've had the, yeah. the Tigers have won the division the last two years. The Indians have had a better record than them both times. And I, I cannot explain that. But now they, <laughs> it's clearly not the case. I mean, and you can't – I mean, just from a, just from a common-sense perspective – 
you can't get excited about a, a division race in which you have no chance every time you go up against the team that you're chasing. I mean, you can beat up on all the last-place teams you want and move up in the standings, and you can pay attention to how many games back you are. But deep down, you got to know, if the pedal comes to the metal, if we have to play these guys, they're going to kill us. I mean, it's just I, mentally, I, and I can't imagine the players are unaware of that, that they have to know, geez, yeah, they got our number. And we talked about this all year. Every single time they would go into a series against the Tigers and spit the bit and just get clobbered or lose these games that they could have won, Every single time that happened, we said, this is building up, and we're to the point where it's going to get late in the year, and the Indians are going to go into a game, and all anybody's going to talk about is, boy, the Tigers have their number. That's where they are now. Not only that, but we're to the point now where the Tigers just need to show up for one inning. They don't even need to play. They don't need to outplay the Indians for the entire game. As we saw Monday and Tuesday, they just need one inning. They just hang in there. I just got in the feeling the Indians were very, very fired up. To their credit, they were very, they were on their game. They were very excited. The crowd was into it. The players were into it. Everybody was jacked up for this series. The Tigers were not. I did not get that feeling. They just don't see the Indians as a threat, nor should they. And they're to the point where they're just, eh, well, we'll just go through the motions. We'll win it somehow. This is like the way the Yankees were in the 50s and 60s in a pennant race. They're like, we know we're going to win. We're not really going to go full speed or go really worry about anything until the very last second. We know we're better than everybody. We're going to pull it out because we always do. That's where the Tigers are right now. They just hang in there to the, to the point now where it's just, eh, we don't, we're not even going to be that intense or that focused. That's why the Indians keep, I think, <laughs> jumping out to these early leads because the Tigers are just, eh, well, whatever. It's just another game. We'll pull it out eventually. All right, J.K., I got I to gotta, I gotta tilt this back the right way, man. It's going – listen, here's what you got. You're a major league. You're a major league nut just like I am, bro. Here, check this out. It's just – this is not the end of the movie. This is that – this is that – last night, Tito Francona looked at Antonetti and said, one day we'll beat these guys. One day we're going to yeah. beat these guys. They're, that We're at that series in the middle of the movie. See, we've still got to hit the end. We haven't peaked yet. We Serrano's not true. hitting the curveball yet, man. Yeah. Ricky Vaughn's well, got to get it together. Fair enough. Uh, and uh, as, if, <laughs> if we want to go the route of comparing this to fiction, I'll do that. Uh, but at the same time, we need to, you know, we tell, we pointed to this series that that's when we're going to make our move. This I is know, the time of I year know. we're going to make our move. We're running out of chances. I mean, let's face it. We talk about the Indians having an easy schedule the rest of the way. The Tigers have an easy schedule the, the rest schedule. of the way. You know, they, they, there's always so many, so much ground you can pick up beating up on last place teams. And, and they still have, they have one more series against Detroit. They still have to play Atlanta. They still have to play Oakland. You know, so it's, yes, it's, there's some easy series in there, but you know, the Indians, from what we've seen and the way they have struggled against good teams all year, it's very difficult to get excited about, and it's very difficult to really justify getting excited, getting excited about them making the playoffs because now this expanded field allows, it's almost, we're almost to the point of this is the NBA playoffs where all you got to do is finish 500 and you're in the mix to, to get into the postseason. So it, it's hard to really get excited and say, yeah, this is a playoff team. Yeah, this is this is a team that's going to make the playoffs. You know, at, at what cost? I mean, it's exciting and great, and I'm not going to turn it down. But when you know that the minute you're going to run into the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Tigers, Tampa Bay, so on and so forth, that this is what we've seen all season long. Hard to get excited about it. Jonathan Knight, 
I love you, Jonathan Knight. He's the sports writer extraordinaire. One of us is going to be right. One of us is going to be wrong at the end of the year. And the, and the Cleveland realist in me says it's, of course, going to be Jonathan Knight. But I refuse to give in, at least not today. I'm holding out hope, See, and that's JK. my inner conflict, man. You're, 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 my, you're the good angel inside me that I don't listen to. You are the better angel of my nature that I don't listen to. And I always go with that other side, the devil on the other shoulder. The problem is that that guy's almost always right. And I hate it. Just I hate go. being right. I hate coming on the show and being negative and then turning out to be right. I love to be wrong. I love it when I'm wrong. Completely love Listen, it. If you want to be a good Clevelander, ask me who's going to win and go with who I pick. If you want to make go money with- in Vegas, ask me who's going to win and take the other side every time. Jonathan Knight, <laughs> sports writer extraordinaire. Tonight they get one more chance at it. Who they get their work cut out for him with Max Scherzer, 16 and one, taking on Zach Goodness, McAllister. Yeah. A week from now, we'll see where the Indians stand, and the Browns will be playing some fake football. We'll talk about that, too, with Jonathan Knight next week. How's that, my man? You bet, buddy. We'll be. We'll have more. I guarantee you we'll be in a better mood next week, one way or the other. If, if for nothing else, and the Tigers will have left town, we'll be in a better mood. All right. The sports writer extraordinaire, Jonathan Knight, you have a great week, my man. We'll talk to him next week when we come back. We shift gears. We're going to talk a little fantasy football. Our weekly segment with B.J. Riddell, author of Fantasy Football for Winners, comes up next live here on the Sports Fix. Plus, we preview the Browns and the Rams and so much more. Don't go away. We're only halfway home, Daddy, here on the Sports Fix. We here at the Sports Fix want to make all of your dreams come true. What about my dream? Edith, I told you I can't build your candy house. It will fall down. The sun will melt the candy. It won't work. It will if it never rains. Oh, maybe not all of them. Get your fix on the Sports Fix. It's an addiction. The Sports Fix will be right back. Back in 1990 when I joined Herb in the booth, You could say that first game was when I became a lifelong Tribe fan. Something about Cleveland made us want to stay and call it our home, raise our family here. I can promise you one thing, home or on the road, I feel what you folks feel, what you feel every game. Cleveland fans are passionate and pretty vocal. I respect that. This is our team. This is our town. This is a Tribe town. Business owners and professionals, do you want to take your business, your product, your team, your event to the next level? You want to advertise right here with the Sports Fix. Our listeners are among the most loyal listeners, terrestrial or internet. The Sports Fix universe is not only the radio show, but tens of thousands of fans on Facebook and Twitter. Email me, Jerry Myers, thesportsfix at AOL.com. That's thesportsfix at AOL.com. And let me help you swing for the fences and hit it out of the park right here on the Sports Fix. I'm here again with Bill Opelich from Quick Lane at Valley Ford. Bill, what's new in the Quick Lane? Battery rebate. Summer is just as hard on your battery as the winter. Quick Lane and Valley Ford will test your battery at no charge. And if you need a battery, we have a $25 mail-in rebate on the purchase of a tested tough motorcraft battery starting at $79.95. Wow, that's a great deal, Bill. Tell me more. Our brake rebate is still on until June 30th. $25 per axle with the purchase and installation of motorcraft brake pads, as well as offering a $50 rebate when you purchase $250 or more and charge your for genuine credit card. Some exclusions apply. 
As always, we have a low price guarantee on all our tires. If you find the same price within 30 days, we will refund the difference. Stop in. Let us check your battery and top off your washer fluid. Where do I have to go to get those great deals? Come to Quick Lane at Valley Ford on Canal Road between Rockside and Granger and Valley View, just 10 minutes from downtown Cleveland. We're open at 7 every day. Open late Monday through Thursday till 9, Friday till 6, and Saturday till 2. Go to quicklane.com slash Truck. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by GV Art and Design. It's not just a shirt, it's a statement. GVArtwork.com. Hey, it's Hugh Hewitt, and when I want to know what's going on with the Cavs, the Browns, and the Tribe, I tune in to Sports Fix. Good morning, I'm Bob Picozzi. It has hosted three U.S. Opens and two previous PGA Championships. The 2013 PGA began this morning at Oak Hill near Rochester. And in the first round, the leaders at four under par are Robert Garrigus through 13 holes, David Hearn through 12, Tiger Woods is two under through eight, Phil Mickelson tees off at 145 Eastern Time. They won only 69 games last season. Last night in Houston, the Red Sox won their 70th game of this season, and they still have 46 games left. Stephen Drew's dramatic three-run homer in the ninth gave manager John Farrell Sox a 7-5 win. We needed every, once again, every run. You know, credit to Houston. They, they pushed us, you know, to, to the to the hilt uh, in this three-game series and uh, just proud for the way we continue to fight back and show a lot of character, a lot of grit. Boston's won four of its last five. Linebacker Sean Weatherspoon was the second-leading tackler for the Falcons last season. He'll miss tonight's preseason opener with Cincinnati with a dislocated finger. Eight Eastern time on ESPN. Mark Stein of ESPN reporting the Bucks are in advanced discussions for an extension with Larry. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Free Sanders. Kick off fantasy football season with the fans that love it most. Host your draft party at Buffalo Wild Wings and receive a free draft kit while supplies last. With some of the biggest screens around, why not make B-dubs your home field? Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. to the sports fix great tailgating includes friends football and food hot off the propane grill always keep the grill top open when lighting and don't close it until you're sure the grill is lit and always transport
Welcome back to the Sports Fix. Sorry about that. Had a little bit of technical difficulty on my end as I was coming back from the break. J-Rock with you, and I'm going to the phone lines here right now. Matter of fact, I've shut down the hotline, but I'll be opening it back up at 1 o'clock. We're going to take some calls as we preview the Browns and so much more. Welcome back to the Sports Fix. J-Rock with you, and my guest at this time, pretty excited as usual, this time each and every Thursday. The author of Fantasy Football for Winners. You guys remember him from last season. He joined us last week, kicking off his weekly visits here to the Sports Fix. BJ Riddell's on the hotline right now. BJ, how you doing today, my man? Good, J-Rock. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Nothing can stop us here, man. It's live radio. We just keep that thing going, Daddy, you know. And, and speaking of, you know, fantasy football, and I wanted to talk to you because we've still got some time until the season starts, but I thought... The perfect way to get into things today is a lot of times, especially the media and, and some of the uh, uh, more discerning fans, they consider a lot of the preseason games you know, meaningless as far as not being actual football. I wanted to ask you, though, from the smart fantasy football perspective, there are, you know, what are the things that people should be looking for in these preseason games that are going to pretend into their regular fantasy football season when it comes to drafting perhaps some of those diamonds in the rough? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, the depth chart battles, positional battles, are the things that I like to look at. You know, Lacey was just targeted uh, as, as likely being the number one guy in Green Bay. Um, you know, that comes from looking good in practice and looking good in scrimmages and then eventually, you know, ideally for him, looking good in the preseason game in which he participates. But you can tell a lot by how two different players competing for the same spot are faring. The one thing that uh, discerning fantasy footballers need to keep in mind is when two guys are going head-to-head, what kind of defenses are they facing and what kind of uh, complement of teammates are they are they join with. In other words, if one running back is playing with the backup quarterback and is playing you know, the, the backup defenders on the other team and rushes uh, eight times for 50 yards, well, that's great. And if the other running back is going up against uh, the first stringers on defense uh, and happens to rush eight times for 30 yards, you know, we have to take that into account. We can't just say that the guy with the more yards or the more touchdowns is better off. We need to figure out what the team is talking about during and after the game, what's the sense in the locker room, and what's the direction that the coaches are going in. And the the person who can figure that out before anyone else by paying attention has an edge in their draft and in the waiver wire. Now, just like we look at when it comes to the regular season for the actual NFL production and rosters and stuff, what what can fantasy football owners take as far as the difference between fool's gold and, and really having gold in them hills when you're looking at those types of things? Yeah, well, if, if you see a, a guy you've never heard of who's not anywhere near the top of the depth chart have a huge day uh, in a preseason game, Similarly, if you have a guy who is a starter or presumed starter having a terrible day, I mean, Lamar Miller got that costly fumble, and some people are critical and saying, well, maybe he's not as good as I thought he would be. I think the fool's gold is kind of an inverse uh, equation, uh, not to make my own head spin and thinking about what that means, but basically <laughs> you don't want to get caught up in good players doing poorly and then lowering them on your ranking. Keep in mind, the number one objective of the players who are already deemed to be the starters is not to get hurt. 
The number two objective is to get in sync with the offense and with their teammates. So as long as they're doing those two things, the stats to them don't matter. So the fool's goal to me is the person who thinks that they've noticed a problem with a player based purely on statistical analysis in the preseason games when, in fact, it doesn't necessarily pretend what's going to happen in the regular season. Now, in these early preseason games here, just like the adage that we preach a lot when talking about the Browns and watching the offense versus the defense, defense is traditionally ahead of the offenses at this point in training camp. So I'm going to just kind of assume and toss this to you that when you're looking at these early preseason games, you can definitely get a more realistic read on the defensive side of the ball as to where things are going to be in the regular season than you necessarily will on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think that's a good assessment. I think, uh, you know, especially the teams that whose defenses have some depth where some of the second stringers on defense, you know, not all of them are second stringers uh, objectively. Some of them could be first stringers on other teams, but particularly on the more elite defenses, you're still going to have quality guys, and those guys are going to be very important to that team if one of the first stringers goes down with an injury. So, you want to look for that and see how the defense plays together, absolutely. But I would just say that I want to caution people to understand if you're going to do that analysis, you need to really take the time to figure out who's on the field, who are they up against, and what are you hearing in the postgame through Twitter, through you know any kind of uh, you know, newspapers and other dialogue you can get online from, the, you, know, from you, for example, J-Rock, anyone who has a stake in their hometown team and understanding what that means, what's the implication. That's what we're looking for in terms of a smart fantasy player, not just looking at the end result and then objectifying, you know, what that end result means. And as you're talking, you brought up, it's a good segue into another question that I had from last week that I kind of wanted to get into because we've kind of got these next couple of weeks to just kind of generalize before we really start getting specific here. Um, the home team, how much, how many people that you've just seen in your experience have make that mistake of, or, or is that not a mistake? Is the home team and relying on the players that you know and hear about and see every week, is that an advantage or a disadvantage to the average fantasy football player? It is an advantage. It's a great question. Uh, that's one of the questions I actually posed in my book and, uh, and tried to answer using three years of statistical data. So it's not an absolute, but it takes uh, you know, 2009 to 2011 and looks at the, uh, the top players at each position, the top 20, essentially, from each position, including defenses. And what I found is that there is a small yet tangible advantage uh, uh, playing in your home field. And uh, that means that if you're playing at home, uh, you know, the winning rate percentage, for example, over the uh, for the last five years, about 56 57%. I think it still holds up in that fifth year. So... We know that there's about a 50% likelihood if you're playing at home that your team is going to win. I found that there's roughly the same kind of advantage uh, to players on average who play at home in terms of their fantasy output. There's a slight edge, uh, you know, in terms of if you look at their total points at the end of the year, it'll be somewhere around 53 to 55% of them will have come at home. 
Interesting. See, that's why I like having you here, because you have definitely put the time and the research in, and I enjoy having you. And I've already heard from people just having you on last week. I've heard from people that said, you know, one guy hit me up and said, I'm from Detroit, and I don't know anything about Cleveland sports, but I love that segment with BJ Riddell. So that's great, and I'm looking forward to each and every week, you know, having you here. You know, first couple of weeks at camp, give me anything that might maybe have stuck out to you as far as anything you see that might have you know, shook things up injury-wise, or what are the big stories perhaps that you're keeping an eye on here in the first few weeks? I'm looking at Dallas's front line. Um, I was a DeMarco Murray fan last uh, fantasy football season, and I drafted him in my league, uh, my main league, uh, he and Trent Richardson, uh, and I believe that I had two top ten running backs uh, going into the season. I thought Murray had everything that it took to be a powerhouse running back. But that offensive line was something that he could not overcome. Um, and I was struck by how few touchdowns he was able to produce and how few 100-yard games he was able to produce. And I'm looking at this preseason, and you got that guy who was signed to be one of their guards and then quickly retired, former Jet. And now they're scrambling to try to find someone to be that fifth linesman. And if you're scrambling at this stage to find alignment, uh, that's not a good sign. And it's not a good sign for Murray. I mean, that offense should be working on all cylinders. And my concern is until they get that offensive line figured out, you can't put Murray in the camp of where he was two years ago. You have to look more to how he was last year and hope that somehow that line has improved enough that he can make a little more of a difference. Because it's not all about the skill of the player. It's about the skills of the complement of players around him. And that's a big thing with the Browns this year, like you just said, is complementing the skills and the players around them with this new system. And tonight, once we get through the first game, perhaps, you know, you'll get a chance to see it. I will. We can talk more specifically about the Browns as we go forward. But throwing back to last week before I let you go here, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Devon Bess and, you know, it, it just amazing coincidence that in the last week he's really flashed even more and taken advantage of even more opportunities. And the more and more you watch him, the more I see that you were absolutely right when you said, you know, that was one of the better pickups that the Browns did because I, I still think he's going to go a long way, not just in the regular NFL season to helping the Browns, but I could see him putting up some fantasy numbers too as being a real safety blanket for Brandon Whedon. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I, he, he's a great guy. Uh, with, uh, as I recall from seeing him when he was in Miami, he was good after the catch. Um, and he's a guy who can find the open field if you've given the opportunity. And you guys have three legitimate receivers, if you include Bess, who can contribute on day one and make an impact. And so I think last year I said, and it sounds a little hedgy, you know, I said that Bess, you know, could be a thousand-yard guy. Um, and I know that your listeners probably want to hear something with more certitude. You know, keep in mind that in 2010 he caught about 80 balls for about 800 yards and five TDs, playing for a pretty bad Miami team. And so there's no reason to think, based on that, based on his skill set, uh, that he can't be an 80-yard, you know, 80-reception, 1,000-yard guy, because I believe he's playing in a system where they're in a better system and a better team than he did back in 2010 on Miami. 
Yeah, and he'll have more opportunity in the first few weeks of the season to gain the confidence even more of the coaching staff and of Brandon Whedon with the uh, with the suspension of, of Josh Gordon. So that's, gonna that's exactly be- right. He'll be on the field from day one, day one, and play one. You're absolutely right, and that makes a big difference. You know, because that those are the ones they remember when you get late in the season. The the coaches tighten up their rotation as the basketball term would be and that's how you get in there that's how you keep yourself in there and that's how you fall out of favor when you get injured like a lot of the things we're seeing in camp bj i can't wait each and every week what a great time next thursday 12 35 12 40 somewhere right there we'll get you on here and now we'll start having some real you know not real football but we'll have some semi-real football to analyze as we get closer that's to right. the start and of the have, season and i have one more thing j-rock before yes. you let's go um, Roto World is a site that I go to a lot. Uh, it's, okay. uh, it's an NBC-sponsored uh, site. Very, very good. It's one of my go-to sites. And they have the Browns' offensive line ranked sixth overall. And I want your listeners to just keep that in mind. The offensive line does matter. We talked about the Cowboys. And having a strong offensive line, one block and pass block, will enable guys like Richardson, Bess, Little, and others have more opportunities to make plays and more time to make plays, obviously more time for we to make plays. I just wanted to throw that out there as another thing that your uh, listeners can factor into their draft. Absolutely. Last year, the Browns' offensive line held up well against the pass. Their run uh, block definitely needed some improvement, but I agree with you. I think they're starting to gel together as one of the best offensive lines in the league, so that ranking doesn't surprise me at all. B.J. Riddell, author of Fantasy Football for Winners. You can get him on Twitter, at B.J. Riddell. Thank you so much, and you can catch him every Thursday right here, 1240, live on the Sports Fix. B.J., you have a great first week of preseason football, my man. You too, J-Rock. See you next week. All right, see you next week. B.J. Riddell, thank you very much. We're going to hit the break when we come back. Speaking of that preseason football, the Browns start some tonight. We're going to look ahead at the things to watch for as the Browns take on the Rams tonight and some public service announcements from the Browns for you when we come back live on the Sports Fix. And now a very special announcement from the Sports Fix. Black bears weigh between two and 500 pounds. Brown bears weigh between 300 and over 1,000 pounds. Black bears run away from you. Brown bears run at you. When attacked by a bear, simply lie still on the ground and cover your face and head with your hands. When the bear is finished batting you around and mauling you, contact the U.S. Forest Service. And that was a message from the Sports Fix. It's the Sports Fix. We'll be right back. Sports Fix listeners don't wait all day or all week to get in on the fun. The party doesn't stop when we go off the air all week long. The Sports Fix social media sites are your one-stop shop for all things Cleveland sports. Jump over to Facebook.com slash The Sports Fix. Facebook.com slash The Sports Fix and become a fan today because we love fans and they create some of the best sports talk in town, Daddy. You'll enjoy talking to your fellow Cleveland sports fans on The Sports Fix fan page. And if Twitter's your thing, well, you know how we do it. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix CLE. It's that simple. Twitter.com slash the Sports Fix CLE, baby. Chat live with the crew during all your favorite Cleveland sports events, tickets and contests and trivia and so much more. Get with us today, the Sports Fix on social media. Facebook.com slash the Sports Fix. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix CLE. Join, Join the, the Sports, sports Fix on, on Facebook, Facebook and Twitter, Twitter today. today. 
engines are cranking and purring, and that can only mean one thing. Bike nights are back at Harry Buffalo North Olmsted. Rev up your hogs and head on down to Harry Buffalo North Olmsted every Monday night. Enjoy three dollar drinks and beers, five dollar pizzas, and crazy, crazy wing specials, specials for, for all bikers. bikers. All on their open patio. Woo-hoo! Hot bikes, good friends, and great times are waiting for you. Forty-eight twenty-four Great Northern Boulevard, right outside Great Northern Mall. Monday bike nights at Harry Buffalo. The, the proud, proud sponsor, sponsor of the Sports, sports fix. fix. Whether it's an oil change or a new set of tires. Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck has you covered for your car care needs. They're your neighborhood quick service experts. They also offer a low price tire guarantee. Choose from 13 brands, and if you find the same tires at a lower price within 30 days, Quick Lane at Valley Ford will refund the difference. 5715 Canal Road, right under the 480 Bridge in Valley View. Come see why life is better in the Quick Lane. Quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. Hey, Cleveland, this is Tristan Thompson of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and you're listening to Sports Fix. Don't just hear the show, be heard. Call Call us now, now. 216-539-7535, and get Get your your fix. Welcome back to the Sports Fix, streaming live here on the sportsfix.net. It is, we, we are far from done. We've still got another half an hour to go, Daddy. And as you heard, the phone lines are back open, 216-539-7535. J-Rock with you. We're going to dive into some Cleveland Browns football because there's some Cleveland Browns football to dive into. First game of the preseason tonight, and I, I put very little actual regular season stock into the preseason. I enjoy watching young guys, you know, fight for a job, but, you know, anybody that told you that preseason football doesn't get tedious is lying to you, and anybody that told you that preseason football isn't the greatest scam, I think, in all of the ticket-making endeavors of these various leagues, because they charge top-shelf prices for uh, definitely not full length anyway, top shelf football. And so tonight you'll see the starters of the Browns for about a quarter and you'll see a vanilla version of the offense that Norv Turner is going to put in. We'll get a chance to see some of the concepts and some of the things that they've put together and some of the things that they're going to want to do in the regular season. As I've stressed, you can't take a lot out of these games, but you can take things that are going to pretend into the regular season. You can take things that are going to at least give you an outline of the way things are going to go. There's a lot of different things to look for tonight. First off, you've got guys who aren't playing. We've talked a little bit about that throughout the week. I want to pause right there. You guys in the chat room drive me crazy sometimes. I don't understand why Indians fans and Browns fans and they, they get to, to, to self-fighting with each other and it drives me nuts, man. The name on the front of the jersey is Cleveland, guys. We are all on the same team. It's like Tupac. It's us against the world. You know what I mean? Anyways, so... But, you know, some people, you know, some people like the Browns, some people like the Indians, but I just don't understand why they they have to be mutually exclusive to some people. You know, you can like both. But anyways, Vashon chiming in, the concept and the philosophy of the Browns and upgrade, and I agree, I've said that, I think, on the defensive side of the ball. I think we're going to get a chance tonight to see the defense get at it a little bit. I think in the first quarter, in the first quarter, it wouldn't surprise me. You're not going to see a ton of exotic packages, but I think Ray Horton's going to let the dogs out just a little bit early on. I think you're going to want the fan base, and they're going to want not just the fan base, but they're going to want to 
reassure themselves and reassure the players that they're on the right path and they're making the right moves and decisions. So I fully expect, plus first game, new regime, even if it's the preseason, you want to get the crowd excited. You want to get the crowd into it. While I think they may try a couple of deep passes on the offensive side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball, Ray Horton can be very confident and know that he can throw a couple blitzes out there in the first quarter. He can unleash just a taste of that pass rush that he's been talking about and that we've been seeing built here in the offseason and in the early parts of training camp. So, I think that's where, if you're looking to see anything flashy, if you're looking to see anything that gets you to jump off the couch tonight, the odds are it's going to happen on the defensive side of the ball, and it's going to happen in the first half of the game. I think, you know, and and who knows what happens later. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, things don't happen later in the game. Those are where jobs are won and lost. Those are where the, the foundation of your roster is built. But I think any chance to see anything like that's going to come early, going to come from the defense. Whedon. Whedon's one of my keys for what I want to see tonight. And it's not like the way you would normally talk about a quarterback and say, well, I need to see him throw this and do that and do this. It's not stats. It's not anything like that. Because as we know, you can be a preseason wonder all you want. But you need to see him come out and show more grasp of the offense, more control of the huddle than he did at this point last year. Because you guys remember the first preseason game last year was a disaster for Brandon Whedon, and it set up the disaster that started the season, and it just showed he was underprepared. That's one of the things I give the Browns credit for when it comes to the backup quarterback. I know And I'm one of them. I'm all about competition. The thing with the competition is, though, is the more competition you have, the less opportunity you have to coach up Whedon. And if you need to know, if you need to know about Whedon, and I'm telling you, dude, if you don't think that there's people within the Browns, I know I'm there, I talk to them. There's people in the Browns that have no clue what they've got in Brandon Whedon. They hope just like you hope. They they wonder and they're excited by things just like you are. But they don't know either. That's why you're not going to see any kind of a real competition. So Brandon Whedon will have no excuses. He has gotten all of the attention, all of the coaching, and all of the practice time that comes with being the number one quarterback. That's why they signed Jason Campbell. Because Jason Campbell can come up off the bench in week four, in week eight, in week 12, whenever you need him. He, He knows the offense enough that he can come in with very little lead time and step into a bad situation, which is what you'll have if Brandon Whedon's not the quarterback going forward. But that's later on. We're talking about tonight. We're talking about the Rams in the first preseason game. You need to see him have a grasp of the offense. You need to see, you know, some good decision making. Obviously, you don't want to see interceptions, whether it's a preseason game or a training camp practice or a regular season game. So you're going to look for that. I'd like to see no turnovers by Brandon Whedon. I'd like to see confidence in the pocket. The other thing to watch for, and you're going to see it because it's every day in training camp, the batting down of the passes at the line of scrimmage, it still continues. Even with an entire off season, even with the, you know all the focus of that being one of his problems last year, Whedon's still having a lot of issues when it comes to the passes batted down at the line. So keep an eye on that. But it's just his grasp, his presence, in this offense. That's what you look for out of Brandon Whedon. At the running back position, we talked the first few days this week with Trent Richardson not playing, with Montario Hardesty not playing, and perhaps playing his way right off of this roster. You're going to have a real opportunity 
for those other backs to go out there. Deion Lewis is going to get perhaps the biggest opportunity as he's going to be in there getting a lot of work and a lot of opportunity to show how he fits in the regular season into this offense. And they went and got him. So I said that from day one. The, the guy has the Philly pedigree for a reason. That's who they knew about him. And that's why they went and got him. This He didn't fall into their lap. So they want him to make this team. They're giving him every opportunity. And you're going to see Obanaya. He's going to play tonight at tailback. He's going to play tonight at fullback. Brandon Jackson. So there's a lot of opportunity there for these guys to go out there and get it done when it comes to the running back position. Also, I, I've been saying, I can't wait to see what happens in the defensive backfield as well. T.J. Ward sitting out just opens up yet another spot. You're going to have Johnson Batamosi, who's actually converting over in this training camp. He's going to play step-in at safety for T.J. Ward tonight, so he's going to get more opportunity in that defensive backfield. Leon McFadden not going to play, so that's more of a chance for Chris Owens and Buster Screen to go out there and show what they can do, try to lock up some confidence in that coaching staff as well. So I want to keep an eye on the defensive backfield. I want to keep an eye as well on the uh, linebackers and the front seven per se for the Browns because, as I said, I think the one biggest area that you're going to get a chance to see something closest resembling what you're going to see in the regular season is in that front seven on the defense. I want to see what happens when they mix and match those guys on the line and when they bring in those separate waves of players. I want to see Mingo when the lights are on. I'm excited. That's our first draft pick. I want to see. You'll be able to tell. So what? He doesn't have to get to a quarterback. He doesn't have to, like I say, they don't have to do any big exotic blitzes. You'll see the burst. You'll see the explosion. Those are things you can look for out of those guys. Same thing on offense. You're not going to see... The full-blown Norv Turner, Rob Chudzinski offense. But you'll see wrinkles. You'll see some things. You'll see a vanilla version of things. It should be night and day difference, even vanilla style, from what you've seen in the past, in the last few seasons from the Cleveland Browns. So those all things that you can take out of tonight's game. I'm curious what you can, too, as I see chats coming in and comments on Facebook. John from Florida says the running back position is something that he's looking for. You can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash thesportsfix. Tweet with me at thesportsfixcle. Let me know what you're looking for, what you're looking to see out of these guys. The tight ends is another position that I'm really going to be watching tonight because that's one of those positions I've mentioned a few times in training camp where opportunities just not being grabbed. It, the brass ring is there. The Browns hung it up there and said, hey, whoever wants it, come and get it. And nobody has really gone and gotten it. Jordan Cameron, very, very, very slow start to camp, beginning to come on a little bit lately. But I really expected much more out of him early on in camp. I think maybe he didn't realize the opportunity he has. Maybe he didn't think he had competition. But as Gary Barnage stepped up and Kellen Davis did well in his role, but perhaps... Gary Barnage was slowly gaining some ground on Jordan Cameron, who I know if the Browns had their druthers, they would pick Jordan Cameron as the tight end they want going forward this year in this offense, and they want him to develop into the tight end they can be because, as we said, the tight end position is so important over the years in the various Norv Turner offenses, and Jordan Cameron's got the skill set you want. He's got the size you want. You know, now he has to grab this opportunity and he has to take it. So very curious to see if any of those guys are able to make some some form of, you know, I don't want to say impact, but make some form of 
impression on this coaching staff going forward. You you, there, you could go around the field, really. There's things I'm looking at at every position. All the draft picks, all the young guys, the second-year guys. I want to see how they perform here for the first time under the new coaching staff. In all honesty, it's the little things. I'm curious to see if these guys are out here. Remember, there's been problems in the preseason's past with penalties and with the frustrating little things that you think – those are the things you're supposed to take care of in training camp. Those are high school level things. How are we still having these problems in the NFL? So it's going to be really interesting tonight as the first mini test of seeing, forget who's on the field. Do they all line up every play in the right spot quickly? Do they get in and out of the huddle? Do they have a lot of penalties, the stupid penalties, not the the playing penalties, but do they have a lot of those mind-numbing penalties that we've seen in the past? No offsides, no holdings, things like that. I'm going to be very interested to see the discipline level of this team as well. It's going to be an exciting night. There's going to be a lot of excitement downtown in general. I mean, the police have already said to expect large traffic jams. I mean, you got the biggest game of the series with the Tigers as far as attendance-wise, the dollar dogs for the Indians, and it's going to be a big night there. And, of course, you've got the Browns. Even though it's a preseason game, everybody knows that you're going to have a big crowd there. Matter of fact, some information that the Browns wanted us to put out there, uh, they, they are strongly encouraging people to leave early, leave early enough on the Indians and the Brown side of the ball to get to each park at least 30 minutes before kickoff tonight. And don't forget, they're resurfacing East 9th Street, so that's going to totally affect your traffic inbound, outbound, all directions. Also, you cannot take umbrellas in the stadium but it is supposed to rain tonight, so you may want to bring a poncho. You may want to bring something to put over your head unless you've got that nice, sexy, bald dome like I've got. Then then it just rolls right off of you other than that. And also, tonight's the first night they kick in the new policy league-wide around the NFL. No more bags and big purses able to come in. It has to be clear, plastic, vinyl, and PVC bags, and they can only be 12 by 6 by 12. Hey, you know what? Good luck. Get a Get a... Get a measuring stick out. You measure that. I don't know what 12 by 6 by 12 is, but that's the size of the bag, and it has to be clear, see-through plastic. But you'll get a chance to see tonight as well. I'm curious about getting in the stadium. I want to see how quickly, because that was always a problem, and they say they fixed it. They say that's something that they've addressed this year. So let's see how quickly people are able to get in and out of Brown Stadium tonight. Let's see how things go. It's the first real venture of the new Browns. Preseason, not preseason, whatever. It's still the first go-round. It's the first time that the new regime from Jimmy Haslam on down kicks open their doors, swings open the turnstiles, takes some entries, takes some tickets, and produces some NFL Cleveland Browns football. So let's see how things kick off tonight. Everybody will be watching it or listening to it wherever you're at, Browns Radio Network, Browns Television Network, and tomorrow we'll be breaking it down. Ryan Ruiz is with us from the Inscriber Magazine, Talking Browns. Jeff Gorman from Browns 101 will be with us. So we'll have your Browns covered from all angles tomorrow as we get our first glimpses of the 2013 Cleveland Browns. We're going to take our last break of the day. Don't go anywhere as the comments keep coming in on the chat room. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up, go around the news of the day. The Ohio State Buckeyes were holding their breath. This whole autograph thing, we didn't even, we haven't talked about it. The whole Johnny football thing. Well, Braxton Miller 
was believed to have perhaps been involved in the same thing. Looks like he's been cleared and everything was on the, the upper decks, but still, never good to hear that when it comes to the the Ohio State Buckeyes based on what we've seen in the last few years. We'll talk some Buckeyes things. We'll talk news and notes around the world when we come back, wrapping things up here on the Sports Fix. Don't you dare go anywhere. They're a part of what we need. Always fighting fearlessly, we never run. Our team is gonna take us to the heights we've never seen. You can feel all the excitement in the stands, man, what a scene. The dogs are barking loud, feel the roaring of the crowd. Everybody's going crazy for Cleveland. We bleed orange and brown, you better believe it. When it comes to Cleveland sports, we go from... I can't touch this. ...to... I can't watch this. So listen to The Fix. It's easier on the eyes. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by GV Art and Design. It's not just a shirt, it's a statement. GVArtwork.com. I'm here again with Bill Opelich from Quick Lane at Valley Ford. Bill, what's new in the Quick Lane? Battery rebate. Summer is just as hard on your battery as the winter. Quick Lane and Valley Ford will test your battery at no charge. And if you need a battery, we have a $25 mail-in rebate on the purchase of a tested tough motorcraft battery starting at $79.95. Wow, that's a great deal, Bill. Tell me more. Our brake rebate is still on until June 30th. $25 per axle with the purchase and installation of motorcraft brake pads, as well as offering a $50 rebate when you purchase $250 or more and charge your for a genuine credit card. Some exclusion is applied. As always, we have a low price guarantee on all our tires. If you find the same price within 30 days, we will refund the difference. Stop in. Let us check your battery and top off your washer fluid. Where do I have to go to get those great deals? Come to Quick Lane at Valley Ford on Canal Road between Rockside and Granger in Valley View. Just 10 minutes from downtown Cleveland. We're open at 7 every day. Open late Monday through Thursday till 9, Friday till 6, and Saturday till 2. Go to quicklane.com slash truck. Bike nights are back at Harry Buffalo North Olmstead. Rev up your hogs and head on down to Harry Buffalo North Olmstead every Monday night from 5.30 to 9.30. Enjoy $3 drinks and beers, $5 pizzas, and crazy wing specials for all bikers. Hot bikes, good good friends, and great times are waiting for you. 4824 Great Northern Boulevard in North Olmstead. Right outside Great Northern Mall. Monday bike nights at Harry Buffalo. Proud sponsor of the Sports Fix. Harry Buffalo. Join the herd. Incoming transmission. You got a message. Sports Fix listeners, don't wait all week to join in on the fun. Follow the Sports Fix on Facebook. Follow the Sports Fix on Facebook. They love friends. It's just a click away. Exclusive contests, trivia, tickets, and giveaways from the hottest sports show in town. The Sports Fix. Become a friend and follow the Sports Fix on Facebook today. to the sports fix don't just hear the show be heard call us now 216-539-7535 and get your fix Welcome back to the Sports Fix, wrapping things up here on the sportsfix.net. And 
as I see some of you arguing about the price of preseason tickets in the chat room. Let me clarify what I was saying when I said it's one of the biggest ripoffs in sports. Um, I know you can get tickets cheap. You can get tickets to anything cheaper than the face value and, and what the team sell them for. What I mean is, as you know, if you're a season ticket holder, you can't buy season tickets without buying the preseason tickets. And they're not exactly cutting you a break on the prices. You cannot say, hey, I only want to go to real football. They say, well, then you have to go to these games too. So that's kind of what I mean. They kind of hold the fan base hostage there. It's one of the policies of the NFL that I don't agree with. Hey, I don't agree with the Indians and Major League Baseball's dynamic ticket policy either. I do agree with the the aspect of charging more for the premium games, but I don't believe in the aspect of charging more per section but not allowing people the option of buying tickets in the cheaper sections until they've filled up the more expensive sections because that to me is kind of shady and you're just you're costing yourself more in the long run than you're making up in the short term meanwhile i'm hitting the wrong button here (laughs) there you go so don't get a concussion while you play football kids that's what the uh man was just telling you about welcome back to the sports fix j-rock with you jerry myers wrapping things up i wanted to touch on a couple of things you know what we didn't really get into it in the last few days and when the story started breaking but you know, how about this whole thing coming out? And I think, you know, we see that these stories, news stories that have validity to them very quickly gain steam. They very quickly gain legit credibility. We're seeing that now, I think, here as this Johnny Manziel story starts to come out more and more with uh, the autograph signings as it's now come out that, you know, he's been accused by a ticket broker or autograph broker, whatever you want to call him of being paid a five figure sum for signing a bunch of things at one of the bowl games last year. And now ESPN has gotten a hold of a, a cell phone video from one of those same people who have him looking over at said broker and saying, Hey, we never did this. One of those nudge, nudge, you know, wink, wink. I was never here kind of things. And, you know, that's a whole different argument even than where I was going with this. But since we hadn't really touched on that at all, a lot of times the the saving argument by the media and by fans when it comes to the players who have been paid by brokers and been paid by agents or different different things that they've gotten throughout their years was that we talk about the unfairness of how they don't get paid and the billions and millions of dollars that's made by the NCAA, which, that, you know what, that organization has its come up and it's coming really quickly, by the way. For those of you who don't like the way they've done that over these years, you wait till this video game thing settles out. The NCAA won't exist a few years from now. You watch what I'm saying. It'll exist in a different name, but the NCAA, as you know it, will not exist in a few years. That video game lawsuit is getting ready to blow those guys sky high. But anyways, you know, a guy like Johnny Manziel, it makes it come much harder to make any kind of those arguments. Not, not trying to, you know, say that it's right or wrong. But when a guy who, you know, is looking to, you know, just have some spending money in college and a guy slips him some money or or he really does need to wear a suit to an awards banquet and somebody slips him 500 bucks or whatever and you can feel a little bit more their pain. But Johnny Manziel comes from money. Johnny Manziel is... You know, he's not the average college student. He's not the average Joe. He's well off. So when he does it, it first off, it eliminates that entire innocence and argument if you wanted to even go in that direction. But 
I think, you know, very quickly you could see that. I mean, because here's a guy who's a main main player here as far as the media, as far as the NCAA promotional machine is concerned, Heisman candidate, all of those things. I mean, we've seen the NCAA in days past moved like a tortoise, but lately they've been getting a little faster with these things, acting with a little more authority. Um, very curious to see if he plays out the season which I, I really don't like when that happens. I think if, if they find any more evidence or if there's, this investigation is really kicked in, then you've got to do something before the season because I hate when they do the retroactive punishments. What are you going to do? You're going to let him go through the season. You're going to let him get the fame and the popularity and build up his draft status, and then you're going to hit him with the retroactive penalties next year, and you're going to erase his records, and you're going to erase the wins for the school, but Johnny Manziel will have still accomplished everything that he was out there to accomplish. I'll tell you what, the, the, I'll get into that more later on this week. I'm sure that story's got more to come out, because as I said, those things just gain steam really quickly. And can you believe Outside the Lines is what constantly digs up these kind of stories, yet ESPN is getting ready to completely bury that show, because, you know, we can't have enough... Uh, talking heads that washed out of the NFL breaking out football games for you, you know, and all the different... Anyways, don't even get me started on ESPN. There are a bunch of doofuses over there anyway. But Braxton Miller turned out that he was involved with the same broker who has all of these Johnny Manziel items on eBay, and there was some concern by Ohio State when they got word that next to Johnny Manziel, the person with the second most items with this broker was Braxton Miller. So Ohio State, I mean, they just came through what they came through. Ohio State jumped into action, and as far as they've announced and, and confirmed, athletic director Gene Smith said they have dug into this completely. Everything was done under the auspices of the Big Ten. Everything was done with the NCAA and above board. But as he's talking about it, and he said that they've talked about this at the, at the Big Ten commissioners' uh, meetings and stuff like that, is the Big Ten sits these guys down and has them sign hundreds of items for individual brokers. Then these brokers go out here and sell these things. So you just end up giving yourself more confusion as far as, you know, who did what, who didn't. Just like this, they had to go out and verify that this was done under them, but he was still sat down at a table, which now we get right back into the whole hypocrisy of the NCAA because a broker can't sit these guys down at the table, but the NCAA and the Big Ten can sit them down at a table and go, here's 500 helmets, sign them. We don't make any money off you, but we're going to sell these, you know, and um, uh, the one AP story that I wrote, uh, that I read said, if you go on the NCAA's website, go in their merchandise store, you type in a name, type in Miller, type in Manziel, type in Bridgewater. Guess what's the first thing that comes up? The extremely expensive official NCAA jersey with no name on the back. Only a number because it's not a real person's jersey. Even though when you type in Miller, his jersey's the one that comes up. When you type in Manziel, his jersey's the one that comes up. But the NCAA... It's not taking advantage of student-athletes. But anyways, like I said, that whole corrupt organization coming down. But breathe a sigh of relief if you're a Buckeye fan heading into the season here as they're getting things rolling that hopefully they've alleviated any concern because if you didn't have concern, you're crazy. In today's you know day and age, plus 
with the ties to the same broker, you see this thing breaking in Ohio State just a few years removed. So good to see that hopefully they can get that taken care of right out of the bat, get back to working on some football. We're going to get back to watching some football tonight and talking to you about it tomorrow. Plus, the big game tonight, the Tigers and the Indians at least take this one, and you've only fallen two games behind. I know it is not your ideal scenario, but there's a lot more scenarios to unfold. I'm telling you. The sky has not fallen just yet, but I will say, maybe there's some cracks up above. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Ed Doherty joins us to look forward more to this year's high school football season. Ryan Ruiz from The Inscriber, Jeff Gorman from Browns 101 talking about Browns and the Rams tonight. All of that and so much more live. Same bat time, same bat channel, right here, noon. On the Sports Fix. We love you, Cleveland. Have a great sports night. The eyes of the sports world. Downtown Cleveland tonight, Daddy. Enjoy it. We'll see you tomorrow. You can even go to Severance Hall to see an orchestra.